An Elden Ring Story, read by Saruman the White, first of the Astari and head of the White Council. The shadow of Marika Maliketh served her closely as her loyal companion in her days as an Empyrean. Such was the bond between the two that Marika deemed Maliketh worthy of being entrusted with the protection of the Rune of Death, destined death. This responsibility made Maliketh a fearsome presence, one that even demigods trembled before. Marika's decision to remove destined death from the Elden Ring, however, caused some unease among the Godskin Apostles, a group that the Tarnished had encountered many times throughout their journey in the world of Elden Ring. Legend has it that Maliketh defeated the Godskin with the power of destined death once they had wielded the potent magic of the Black Flame capable of killing gods. Yet with the runes' removal from the Elden Ring, the Black Flame lost its potency and Maliketh emerged victorious over the Godskins, vanquishing their leader, the Glomide Queen. Some whisper that the Glomide Queen was once an Empyrean, wielding the Black Flame with great power. Yet what became of her after her defeat remains shrouded in mystery. A tragic tale, Maliketh's story spoke of a mistake made before the shattering that he had been trying to correct ever since. Despite his efforts, he found himself driven to defend destined death with all his might, leading to a fateful confrontation with the Tarnished. After the Tarnished's triumph or Maliketh, they did sit in contemplation, hearkening to the wise words of Melina and recalling the obscure legends of the Needle of Unalloyed Gold, which was yet unfulfilled and could be wielded only in a realm beyond the bounds of space and time. And as they gazed about them, the Tarnished came to understand that if ever they were to find their salvation, it would be in that city. And so, after a weary search through the city's streets, the Tarnished came at last unto the presence of the Dragonlord Placidusax, forsooth, remembering the tales of his retreat to a realm beyond the limits of space and time. With the needle of unalloyed gold in hand, the Tarnished did thrust it into their very flesh, and, lo, upon awaking, the Tarnished felt no longer the fiery grasp of frenzy, and with the utmost care, lest they awaken the Dragon Lord, they did depart from that city and set forth on their journey to Lendel. Their first port of call was the Round Table Hold, where they did seek rest and make ready for the trials that lay ahead. But alas, upon reaching the once mighty fortress, they found it reduced to ruins, its inhabitants having fled or vanished into the mists of time. Yet amidst the destruction the blacksmith Master Hugh and the finger-reader Enia did remain steadfast in their resolve to endure until the very end. When the tarnished came unto Sir Gideon, it was plain that he held some understanding of their part in the ruin of the Erd-tree and the round-table hold. And as the end drew near, the mien of Master Hugh waxed strange, as if the very events transpiring about him caused some inner turmoil. Though he lost sight of who the Tarnished was, his speech seemed to improve, and his once weary eyes shone with newfound keenness and alertness. And so, when the Tarnished returned to the city of Lendel, they beheld a sight of great devastation. The once fair city was now blanketed in a shroud of ashes, the result of the blazing of the Erd-tree. Yet the Tarnished pressed on, resolved to reach the end. But resistance came to them in the guise of Sir Gideon Ofnir, the All-Knowing, who had now turned against them and sought to bar their path to the Erd-Tree. Gideon's actions and desire to become the Elden Lord cast doubts upon his true intent. For he, like the other Tarnished, had lost the guidance of grace, 
and sought his goals through guile and machination. Though the purpose of the Round Table hold and its relationship to the Erdtree and the Greater Will remain obscure, Marika, who charged Master Hugh with forging a weapon that could slay a deity, may have created the Round Table for the Tarnished. And as the tale unfolds, it becomes more and more manifest that there is much more to the story than at first appears, and that Gideon may have used the Tarnished to further his own designs. And thus the Tarnished pressed on, making their way to the highest peak, where a mighty warrior awaited them. Lo! It was Godfrey, the first Elden Lord, who had once held the mantle of greatest warrior in all the land, and now returned with a force beyond mere desire for power. Accompanied by the armoured lion Sirosh, the Tarnished stood face to face with one of legend's own. Their battle was a thing of song, the earth trembling beneath their feet, and the sky resounding with the clangour of their weapons. The Tarnished fought with all the strength he possessed, while Godfrey was driven by the greater will, which had called him back to this world. In the end, the Tarnished emerged victorious, standing over the defeated form of Godfrey. With honour, the Tarnished sat beside him and covered him with his cloak, for the warrior was never without his dignity, and gained the respect of all who knew him. And so the Tarnished journeyed to the heart of the world, the Erdtree, where they found Marika, bound by the Rune Ark, a shard of the Elden Ring that had been sundered. As the Tarnished approached, he beheld a transformation beyond imagining. Marika's hair, once golden, now blazed like the fires of Anor, and she stood before him as Radagon, the fanatical champion of the Golden Order. This transformation was of great import, but its meaning was yet to be unraveled. And so it came to pass that the Tarnished remembered their days of old, when they journeyed alongside Brother Corhin and his master Goldmask. And they remembered too the statue of Marika, which the next time they passed by it had been changed into the likeness of Radigan. And they were reminded also of Miriel, the pastor of vows, and her words concerning a sculptor who had uncovered the mystery of Marika and Radigan, and had hidden it within a statue located in the land of Lendel. Great was the speculation and discourse concerning the relationship between Marika and Radagon. Some held that they were two separate entities brought together by the greater will and the two fingers to act as vessels for their deity. Others believed them to be two halves of a single being, as disparate personalities. Yet there were those who thought that Radagon was but a disguise assumed by Marika to fight in battles without revealing herself as a god-queen. The battle against Radagon was hard, but even after his fall the struggle did not abate, for the Elden Beast appeared, a dragon-like creature sent to the lands between by the greater will as a manifestation of the outer god. Yet the Tarnished emerged victorious, and they grew ever more powerful with each great rune they collected. And so the Tarnished, determined, mended the Elden Ring and took upon themselves the mantle of Elden Lord, replacing both the Elden Beast and Marika, and they became the new vassal of the Greater Will and the servant of the Golden Order, and as they sat upon their new throne they could not help but wonder if they would ever see Melina again.